Welcome to Life Together, a podcast for Gresham Bible Church, where we exist to glorify God in being disciples who make disciples of all people through the transforming power of the gospel. On this episode, Josh and I talk about masks. Yes, masks. We talk about how Gresham Bible Church is thinking about this issue and how in all of it, we want to be a church family who lives in step with the gospel. Our intent on this episode and that this conversation, one that's potentially divisive, our intent is that this is a helpful discussion that points each of us more away from our preferences and towards biblical principles that helps us live peaceful lives that adorn the gospel in our cultural moment. Josh, on today's episode, we are going to have an important discussion. But before we get to that, you are much more of a music person Mm. and fan than I am. I wish I had an ounce of musical talent. I don't. But I've been wanting to ask you as we continue to get to know one another more, what's your favorite concert you've ever been to? Oh, my gosh. I love these surprise questions. I know. They're great. Uh, that's a tie. It's in between uh, me and my wife when we were dating went and saw Nickel Creek. Not Nickelback? Like what's that? Not Nickelback? Not Nickelback. <laughs> okay. That would never happen. Uh, Nickel Creek, they're like a bluegrass band. Oh, cool. um, it's probably the category folk bluegrass at the House of Blues in San Diego. Oh, wow. It was, they played for like a couple hours. At one point, this is like in December, they got a bluegrass mic out and like uh, we all sang Christmas carols together. It was wonderful. It was just like the best concert ever. And then the other one comes to mind is my wife um, a few years back took me down to San Francisco to go see what was believed to be at the time the last Coldplay concert before they broke up. But then they decided not to break up, which is great. So, But I'd always wanted to see them live and being in a stadium that big. They, they put on an amazing, it was awesome. Yes, it's hard to explain, but I, I left that night being like top five favorite experience ever. Wow. For sure. So, um, but yeah, what about, what about I, you? Have you been I to have a, not been to a Jack Daniel Perry concert or <laughs> oh, like I wish. beautiful uh, eulogy or I actually mean, one of my favorite Tupac, is Tupac. I don't know what is, I mean, I'm trying to think through Tupac. what you're not the hologram Tupac, okay. the real Tupac. <laughs> That's right, yeah. Uh, yeah, I don't have many cool concert experiences looking back. So it's something I would I would oh, like to have that. more of. Yeah, yeah, we'll talk yeah. about that. Another I did forget time. we're gonna go see Gregory Alanisikoff, who's our favorite musician. Uh, he's playing with the Oregon Symphony in December. Oh wow, and cool! We saw him do that once, and it was incredible. Hmm. So, yeah, folk or rock, I'm in. So, yeah. yeah, yeah, I'm feeling a pent up need for uh, live music and live sports for sure. Yes, so, oh yeah. my goodness, yeah. So along those lines, let's just jump in. So yeah. we want to talk today. You want to go to live event. <laughs> what do you have to do these days, right? Yes, exactly. So, so let's talk about masks. Yeah. So we're entering this conversation pastorally. Uh, backdrop is we've been having uh, many individual conversations with people. So thought it'd be helpful. Hey, let's just talk about this on a podcast. So here we are. Mm-hmm. Yeah. How are you feeling about talking about masks? been really like excited about this i mean just one because i've never talked about this in the last you know year and a half but no i'm just kidding yeah uh, yeah i mean honestly i understand that um it is a necessary conversation to have i think there's a lot of fatigue around the conversation if we're being honest you know pastorally mm-hmm. um 
maybe because uh, you and I are wired similarly in the sense that um, uh, when because we do a lot of shepherding probably at the extremes um, and uh, for us we often don't live at those extremes and so um, yeah so I think at the end of the day um, yeah it's uh, we've talked about this before we've talked to a lot of pastors I mean in a way, be, being new to the Corvallis, or Corvallis, oh my gosh, being new to the Gresham area in the last two years and having, you know, all that time except for five months been living through this uh, pandemic, uh, you know, I've gotten to know pastors pretty well, actually. Um, and as we've met with pastors, I mean, the number one thing that everyone talks about that they're fatigued around is probably this conversation yeah. Um, yeah. and sort of the... Um, whether it's just the sadness and seeking wisdom to how to shepherd our churches when it seems like, you know, masks is just one issue. I know we're not getting into vaccines today. We're not getting into other um, uh, cultural, political things that have been divisive in churches, but um, there is that sense of um, trying to figure out how to wisely lead churches and shepherd churches with endurance yeah. uh, when there is seemingly division over uh, secondary issues, mm-hmm. if we want to call it that. So, yeah. yeah. How are you feeling, though? No, that's good. You have I, a big, huge smile on your face. Yeah. You know, you're just man. so... I'm just kidding. Yeah. It's... Uh, <laughs> I still trying to find words for all of it. You know, yeah. first year in this role and masks, I get um, frustration I get anger, I get uh, a sense of loss, mm-hmm. like for me personally, for my family, for us when we gather on Sunday, so all of it. And to your point- You, you get that or you get what, how other people feel that way? Both, yep. both. Um, and it is to exactly what you're saying, talking with other pastors in different contexts, even in this area. Uh, so we're not saying this for a sense of self-pity, but we want to be a transparent church, a transparent podcast. It's a really hard topic and it is wearing individual Christians down. It is wearing pastors down. There are people leaving full-time vocational ministry and yeah, there's a lot of reasons why, but the tip of that spear is masks. Mm-hmm. So uh, let's talk about it. <laughs> well, and the big question too, um, getting ahead of ourselves, but it's worth saying, cause you just said it. Um, are, why are we being worn down? Mm-hmm. Is that actually because of me mm-hmm. and my own shortcomings? Or is it because of external things that you know, um, are the reason why? And I'm well, not saying it's one or the other, but I think what's hard is we often probably just think of the external that's wearing us down when maybe um, there's something going on in our hearts that's actually wearing us down. Man, well said. Yeah. Yeah. There's so much to unpack on this. So thought we would just kind of bounce some questions around uh, a takeaway or intent to not bury the lead is that we're going to refer to some core uh, scriptures that are guiding how GBC has been thinking about this, how you and I think about this, how the elder team talks about it, how we're meeting with people. And then I hope people leave uh, hearing this episode helped, encouraged, challenged, and that it you know, promotes real conversations um, around these things. So Josh, as we're having a discussion here on the podcast about masks, I thought it might be helpful if you could give us as best as possible, you know, just kind of a quick summary, bringing us up to this point in terms of us as a church, you know, um, how mask and mask mandates and why we've made the decisions we have. And then maybe we'll kind of talk through some of that 
together. Does that mm-hmm. sound okay? Yeah. Yeah. It's just how we've been thinking about it, right? Yeah. Yep. Yeah. I mean, we've kind of been a broken record, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, as an elder team, and I know when this, what's interesting is when the uh, whole thing started back in March 2020, it was just me, Joe, and Anthony. Yeah. And then through that process, um, you know, we added... Uh, Rob, mm-hmm. you, and then Josh, right? Mm-hmm. I think that's the order. Yep. Um, so our elder team has grown. Anthony's on sabbatical. Mm-hmm. Um, perfect timing, Anthony. But um, <laughs> but no, we. I mean, but but what's been what I want to say is we've been a broken record. But part of that is also due to the fact that we've had really we've had a lot of conversations around this issue amongst many others. Uh, we've really sought to be sharpened and, and seek out outside advice, what other people are thinking about this, that kind of thing, study the scriptures together. And we've experienced, by God's grace, just tremendous unity as an elder team. Amen. And that, that's not saying that, like, everything that's ever said is just, um, oh, that's exactly how I think. You know, we're, we're having these conversations. And we're like, well, what about this? And we're, mm-hmm. we're sharpening each other as we're talking about it. But what I've been so appreciative of is the unity we've had as an elder team, especially, and staff and deacons even. I think that's a good sign of maturity in people, humility in people, um, and a work of the Spirit. Because what does Satan like to do more than anything? To see the church divided. You yeah. know, that's what our enemy's number one plan is, right, is to divide the church. And so we've said from the beginning, uh, at least I have, you know, the greatest threat, I think, is not from the outside, but from the inside of our church. And so we've really tried to fight for unity. And we've probably done sometimes good at that and sometimes not so good. And um, uh, hindsight could be 2020 in that. So so I I think it's important to start there. Mm -hmm. Um, But yeah, we've written a lot on this. and the governing things that have kind of categorical um, been guiding to us is that we want to honor God. Yeah. So at the end of the day, we're not trying to please man. And um, we're not, I'm not applying that to any particular group, even when we say that, you know, we're just trying to block out in some sense, you know, what is everybody saying we should do? And try our best to say, God, what's pleasing to you? What honors mm-hmm. you? Right. And so the way to do that is often go to his word, get good godly counsel from other believers. And we've really tried to, as elders, I think, consider the whole, right. To, to not just go, okay, what, what does Josh want to do? Um, what does Mike want to do? Um, cause if what we're doing, we want to do, uh, we'd probably do things differently in some regards. Mm-hmm. Right. I mean, if we were mm-hmm. just going off our own preferences yep. and so we're trying to step back as a whole and going, look at the diverse group of people that we have, uh, a GBC, what's the best for all of us, right. In light of what's been instructed to us. So we want to honor God. We want to be a witness you know, to um, not just definitely of the gospel, that we're gospel people who believe the gospel, that our hope is not in this world, but we want to be a witness of Christ's character to this world. So in no way do we want to in any way, shape or form be leading the church to act in a way that isn't in walk with the spirit, you know, that's not in step with the spirit, that's not bearing the fruit of the spirit. And so character has been huge for us as we've tried to think through that. We've wanted to love one another in our community with sacrificial love. And there's a lot of, um, uh, a lot of things that can be said around that. I think it's yeah. easier to say that and the way people live that out and experience that's different. Mm-hmm. Um, and then the last thing we've talked about is at the end of the day, um, GBC were, yeah, especially as elders were more were reformed theologically. Right. And so we gravitate towards, um, the, the, scripture's teaching on the sovereignty of God, the providence of God, that um, 
that God is the one as we've gone through Daniel. We've seen that he sets up kings and tears down kings and governments. So at the end of the day, we there's a good theology of how God's people are supposed to see government in scripture. Yeah. And like it or not, we're trying to press into that yeah. and and see all government that God has as that we have as God reigning over that. And so there's a lot of scriptures that have talked about what it means to submit to government and that and at one level that seems pretty simple and we don't see it as necessarily simple, mm-hmm. but we want to wrestle with that. So I think at the end of the day as elders, we've really tried to, to realize that this is an important area of discipleship yep. for us now and in the future you know, and how are we, how we are living now, we are becoming a certain kind of people. Yes. And so we've really had tried to keep that in mind every step of the way. Yeah. I think that's so helpful. Thank you for sharing that. And also I think it's helpful just for us as a church to know that the elders are constantly discussing this. Uh, Again, want to be transparent. I think we're all fatigued by this in different ways, but we're talking about it in terms of, okay, how are we to lead into this? What does it mean? um, When could we disobey the government in this. Again, not out of personal preference, not out of political preference, not out of any of that stuff, but scripturally, clearest line between scripture and action in leading, not personal preference, but leading. So I I want us as a church to know, like the elder team continues to evaluate this, continue to talk about it, sharpen each other, Mm -hmm. to submit ourselves to God's word. And, you know, what are those core principles and scriptures that are informing in this and to be found faithful in it. So... Yeah. yeah. I mean, what a, I mean, how do we even begin to get into that? But um, yeah. I think that's worth saying, you know, it's not, it's worth saying that it's not like the elder team is meeting constantly going, how can we get out of this? You know, that's not oh, no, the no, goal. No. It's yeah. just, but at the end of the day, I think that is in uh, informative in the sense that we don't see the way that we're doing church now as like ideal mm-hmm. or as living into the fullness of what that is meant to be. Yes. And so we real, we realize that when it comes to the mitigation of COVID and our desire to mitigate COVID, um, we want to be good citizens and contributing to society, honoring government, all that kind of stuff, right? But at the end of the day, like, we're kind of asking that question, like, at what level does that end? Yes. Right? Because if government were to say, you're doing this forever, mm-hmm. we realize, well, we're exchanging something. Yep. We're exchanging the um, promotion of health and safety uh, for, and we're placing it uh, in some, many people's lives with a sense of intimacy, being known, fellowship, um, uh, just being able to um, really be together in a way that there's not this sense of like fear of one another that maybe yeah. some people have. Um, we've seen that there's other ramifications for this in terms of some of the mental health crises and yeah. how how, how um, isolation and um, uh, potentially even mask wearing is contributing to some of those things. And so at the end of the day, I just, I'm just saying that we see the exchange happening. And so the question is being asked more so out of the sense of, uh, you know, at what point, yeah. uh, if this were just be more of a permanent kind of idea, which I don't think it will be, but if it were, do you, yep. do you go, well, we're exchanging something here. We're not living into the fullness of what we believe God has called us to do. Yeah. So, yeah. Let's press into that a little bit. So how would you categorize or maybe summarize some of the, the questions that you're hearing, I'm hearing, others are hearing or conversations in terms of, 
um, you know, wanting to summarize in a way that's most loving and that people would affirm, yeah, that's how I feel about it. Or, or that's my thoughts to kind of set the boundaries of the conversation, so to speak, or maybe on different polls, you know, what are, what are we hearing? Then let's kind of lean into that and wrestle with that and ask some questions for us to consider. Yeah. Yeah. I know. I mean, so for example, like, mm-hmm. uh, I'll ask you, you can answer yeah, yeah. this, but like, so we've, we've made the statement back in August with the new mass mandate. Hey, uh, w- like it or not, we're, f- we're going to follow this. Mm-hmm. Uh, we've, we've wrestled with it for, you know, over a week we're, f- we're following this. We've said that. So basically when you're indoors, we're asking you to wear a mask. Right. Yep. yep. And we've also said, from the beginning and we function this way. Like we want to model that as elders, um, wearing our mask. Right. And we're asking people to do it. But at the end of the day, you and I know we're not going to make that an issue of fellowship. Yep. Right. Amen. There's something more important here than that. And so when I go into a Sunday, I'm just, that's out of my mind. Right. I'm just fighting to get it out of my mind. So yep. mask or not. Right. Um, I'm so glad you're here. I love you. How are you doing? That's my approach as a pastor. Mm-hmm. I know that's your heart too, right? Mm-hmm. Yep. So sometimes we get the question, hey, the elders are asking everyone to wear a mask and everyone's doing it, you know, because the, the guidance is while you're indoors, so mm-hmm. just seated or not, right? Mm-hmm. Um, do you feel disrespected, dishonored mm-hmm. that people aren't following your leadership as an elder because that's what the elders have said and yeah. not everyone's doing that? So yeah. how are, Mike... Do you feel great? How do you, how do you, how do you feel about that? Right. I mean, so we're getting that question from some people, right? So how are you feeling about that? And I, a great question and appreciate when people ask that question, full disclosure, have never felt dishonored one time. So, uh, when our church is gathering to echo your comments, I am so thankful. It is in God's grace to our church, the unity of the elder team in this time, the unity in conversations as a church doesn't mean there's not disagreements or people refining each other, but the core of it is unity. And Mm -hmm. so I've never felt dishonored one time. Uh, when we gather. And yet I appreciate that question and why someone might be curious if we are feeling that way. So yeah. How how about you? Yeah, I, I haven't either. And that's not also trying to minimize the fact that it's true. We've said this Mm -hmm. thing. And so I've been like, yeah, why is that? And Mm -hmm. I think for, for one, it's because it's not an issue of fellowship for me. I don't see it as that. It's not a primacy. There's not a primacy to it over other things. Um, but I think just to be really honest, as pastors, we are constantly exhorting people to do many things from scripture. And a lot of us don't do those things, mm-hmm. right? So Amen. I'm just being blunt here. So if I'm getting up there on a Sunday and I'm preaching a passage that's telling us to go and share the gospel, I'm like, we need to be sharing the gospel. And you don't go out and share the gospel for the next two months. I wish you would. I wish I would. Yeah. But I don't feel disrespected because at the end of the day, I think as pastors, we we really see ourselves as under shepherds, right? Mm-hmm. The buck doesn't stop with us. Yep. Amen. And we're 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 both sheep and shepherds. We're trying to live this out ourselves. First uh, Peter four or five tells us to set an example among the flock, right? So we want to set the example of following Christ. But at the end of the day, like. Um, that's not to say that um, there couldn't be areas where I would really f- feel strongly more about mm-hmm. it. Yeah. But I, I guess what I'm just saying is like, we're constantly trying to live into the commandments of God and um, people as a general rule don't always 
yeah. do, uh, do what I'm saying. That's so. really helpful how you've just summarized that and articulated that. That's very good. Yeah. I don't know how to say that without also, min- I'm not trying to say, hey, it doesn't matter what you do. No, no, no I'm not <laughs> hearing that at all. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, and I appreciate your heart and Gresham Bible Church, the elder's heart, is not to make masks the litmus test of faithfulness. Yeah. Uh, we should not, we cannot let a piece of fabric mm-hmm. divide God's people distract us from the great commission. That's the work of the enemy. And so, um, I will not let a mask get in the way of fellowshipping with my brother and sister in Christ who is bought with the blood of the son of God, same as me. Mm -hmm. And that runs deeper than your view on masks or anything. And so like, I feel so strongly to the, to the core of my being about this. Mm -hmm. We cannot let masks divide us. And yet if we're being honest, it is the devil's having a play day with Mm -hmm. masks, even in the church. So like, this is important. Yeah, we're worn down, fatigued by it. That's part of the uh, danger of it, so. Yeah, yeah. and I think recognizing the spiritual warfare of it. Amen. That's so important. I mean, that our battle is not against flesh and blood, Mm -hmm. right? I mean, scripture teaches that uh, to us. And so if I um, block out this category that, there's any type of spiritual warfare going on in the big C church and even in our local churches right now, um, we're not going to, um, respond very well Amen. to that. Um, and so, yeah, yeah that, that's really important. I think to see it that way. Yeah. Yeah. There's so much th- that could be said. So Josh, I'm going to ask you a question, kind of summarizing some questions we get in conversations. Um, is it unloving or unchristian to not wear a mask? Yeah, so this is hard. I mean, um, I mean, we've talked to we've talked to many people on either end, and mm-hmm. I think the hardest part is there. We have to understand there are like, for lack of better words, the extremes mm-hmm. on the issue. So there's the extreme of uh, we have to follow everything to the T. Um, you know, I'm gonna wear my mask everywhere unless I'm like sleeping or showering or all that, you know, those kinds of things, right. In my car by myself, that kind of stuff. Or there's maybe the other extreme. That's just, I don't see wearing a mask as loving. So I'm just never going to wear it. Right. And so there's kind of these extremes. And if you, if you see the world that what that way, um, I'm not saying per se that, that that one of the views is wrong. If I'm being really honest with you, you. but it's at least worth acknowledging that it's, it's a pretty black and white way of seeing it. Um, and I think there's, I could see why some people gravitate towards the extremes because there feels like a sense of control, a sense of understanding how I'm supposed to function. It provides clarity. Like if I draw the lines hard and clear and tight, then it actually gives me a clear way of living in the world. Mm -hmm. Right. And so that's why we kind of like those boundaries. Um, and whether it's just, I'm never gonna wear my mask or I'm always going to wear a mask no matter what. Right. And so. I'd say the vast majority of people are probably more in the middle where they're thinking more 30,000 foot view. Hey, I believe God's put government over me and, um, like it or not, I want to follow government. If that's, if our government's saying this is how we're going to organize a society right now during this time, um, this is what it looks like to hopefully be a good citizen in your city, whatever. Right. Uh, people just generally want to uh, I think in that general middle or like, I'll, I'll submit to that. Right. I'll follow that mm-hmm. during the season. Um, 
but then you get into all these other issues, right? All these are settings where I'm like, you and me, we hang out, we don't wear our mask, right? Yep. Yep. Um, so if I'm in a different setting, um, is it okay for me and you to hang out and not wear a mask? You know what I mean? Yep. Like we have these relational circles where we're making these decisions, we're making wisdom decisions mm-hmm. where we're trying to count the risk and the cost and we're trying to say COVID's real, it's affected so many people's lives. I know my family's life particularly has been affected by COVID in pretty heavy, serious ways. And when someone experiences the effects of COVID, it definitely frames the way we see the world. And, um, and I think it's important to realize. Yeah. And so uh, we're all making these wisdom assessments. How do I apply these guiding principles for how we function together? Because it's not a real world to just feel like it's it's so simple and clear all the time mm-hmm. right um, I don't know if I'm if I'm being helpful but how are you seeing oh, it no, how are you so navigating helpful that? I appreciate that you're kind of um, tilling the soil so to speak in our hearts that's maybe underneath the surface that we're aware of or not aware of those assumptions or presuppositions around wanting clarity right mm-hmm. now especially this last two years clarity is so attractive not anti-clarity but the whole you I know, hate clarity you hate Confusion clarity I'm anti-clarity no, I'm are you kidding. rioting against clarity <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But just to acknowledge that, that this is a inherently messy issue. It's a wisdom category living under the sun, thinking of Ecclesiastes and where mm-hmm. we've been and then thinking right now, preaching through Daniel as exiles, this is a wisdom yeah. category issue. Well, maybe it may be a helpful way to assess this is how we thought about it as elders. Yep. So there's been guidance that's come out from the beginning that said, um, uh, you can only have this many people in a room. Mm-hmm. We're like, okay, well, we'll try to do that. Right, but we're not going to go. Hey, it's supposed to be 50, 51, You're out of here, right? So there's, there's a, a bouncer there's a, at the door, right? So there's <laughs> yeah. an aspect there, right? Yeah, um, we're trying to do that. Um, we would get guidance from different times. Where it's like, hey, the whoever's speaking needs to wear a mask. That was earlier on, right? Mm-hmm. And um, or you guys, we don't want you to sing, or we don't want there to be any social interaction. We want the service to be an hour, right? So there's been a lot of different things that have been uh, given to us, saying this is how we want churches to function, and I've just developed relationships with the Oregon Health Authority, faith liaison people. And I've every time that's happened, I'm either calling for information, clarity, understanding, and uh, also then saying, hey, just so you know, we're trying to do our best. Yeah. We're, we're not trying to be those people who are just like, we don't care at all what government says, uh, but I just want you to know, like, we're not going to follow this, you know, um, for this reason. So we're, we're, um, we're going to sing. And that's because God calls us to get together and sing and how that disciples us and praises him, right? Or yeah. um, we think it's important for me to not be able to wear a mask when I preach because we believe the preaching of God's word is central to our gathering and the ability for me to communicate clearly and people to see my face yep. um, is really important communication. Or I'm not going to tell people that they can't socialize. Um, if you want to leave, that's great, but I'm not going to dictate that because we believe that church is more than an event. It's a people gathered, right? So maybe that's helpful to, to, to show how very helpful. there's this 30,000 foot understanding of how we're trying to mitigate this and honor our government while also going, these are, there's some wisdom categories here. And mm-hmm. I've been so thankful that every time I've said that to people, the Oregon Authority um, liaisons have said, thank you so much. We really appreciate that. That's great. I mean, it's been yeah. their response every time. Yep. And so... Um, so that's the church's view of it. But at the same time, when it gets to our everyday lives, it's just not so simple. And so we're always mm-hmm. using this wisdom category of what's best here, right? Yeah. How do I, how do I interact with you? And, 
um, that's not so black and white all the time. I agree. I found it helpful uh, to think in terms of being a missionary. So if we're missionaries in Gresham, here's the law, the culture I'm in, and then how to live in a way that honors Jesus. Scripture's clear in some ways. It sets you know, the trajectory and the tone, et cetera. But then some of these are just wisdom categories. What type of person am I becoming? How am I adorning the gospel in this context, et cetera? So if we think about it that way, I, I think it's helpful. Mm-hmm. And I think it's helpful for, for me, I'm just being transparent here, it takes me out of my moment to just get into that mental space or trying to think as a missionary because I have certain attachments in my heart. Uh, I, I do love and appreciate the place and time in which I live and my country and those things, but those aren't ultimate. And so how are my brothers and sisters in Christ around the world thinking about masks in their context? Not saying one's right, one's wrong, but that should at least give me pause. Am I thinking more as a Christian or as an Oregonian or as an American? It yeah. should be a Christian first. Yep. So, yeah. And I think, so kind of getting back to the unity thing and what you're saying there about brothers and sisters in Christ, mm-hmm. um, you know, what's difficult, I think, about this issue particularly is we naturally feel uncomfortable talking to people about it that disagree with us. Mm, great point. And so part of the problem, I think, has been from the beginning when it comes to how we you know, think about government and pandemic and whatever, all this stuff, is that we talk to people that we know agree with us mm. and whether we've seen the person's... Um, uh, you know, signaling their opinion online. And so we seek that person out and we're like, okay, cool. Yeah. You're just like me. So we can kind of talk about it together. Um, but, the, but then what's, what's ho- what's problem is there's not a cross pollination of communication yeah. and going, Hey, this is how I'm seeing it. And obviously you don't see it the way I do help me understand how you're seeing this and then listening to that person with a charitable perspective. And so we get into these places where you can have someone who would say, um, I don't think it's loving at all to wear a mask because of what it's doing to our society and it's tearing people apart. And, you know, maybe they would say it's causing mental health issues or it's um, making people afraid of one another. Um, you know, people have that perspective. And then other people would say, um, I don't I don't think it's loving to not wear a mask, you know, because wearing a mask is a symbol of dying to self and caring for the other. And what's been tricky for us yeah. is I think we can sit down with both ends of the spectrum and I can genuinely go, yeah, I, I understand what you're saying. Mm-hmm. Like, I think you have valid points there. Mm-hmm. Um, but the problem is both people can make that uh, symbol of a mask a litmus test of love. Yep. And at the end of the day, I've had to actually tell people like, it can't, it can't be. Because if I boil it down to just that, well, there's so many other ways that I've experienced sacrificial love from people um, that maybe see even this this issue differently than I do. Mm-hmm. So I, I'm in a war and fight to go, this is not the way that I'm saying you're either loving or you're not loving. But uh, we go, hey, we're all trying to navigate this, mm-hmm. right? We're all trying our best. At the end of the day, if we're going before our God and saying, God, show me my blind spots. And if we begin to have that cross-pollination of communication, maybe we could see that the other side, so to speak, isn't like completely like completely off their rocker or, you know, not thinking well about it and all this kind of stuff. But I think people are genuinely trying to struggle through it. And, um, there, maybe there's a white knuckle grip around this issue for some, and we kind of need to open our hands a little bit and say, um, if we really do care about everyone in our society, 
We're trying to be a good witness for Christ. Let's go to the table with that sort of understanding of each other, mm-hmm. that we believe in the gospel. We want to follow God faithfully. You know, we, we want to submit to scripture. We have this shared footing. Um, so uh, let's have a conversation about it. Yeah. Yeah. And and reflecting on kind of who we are as a particular local church, I think, you know, First Peter, shepherd the flock among you. Gresham Bible Church's flock, something I am so thankful for, and I could talk about this for a long time, that we have people across political spectrums, economic spectrums, who are gathering together as a local church. The gospel is what unites us. This time has been helpful in peeling back the layers, at least in my heart, and so maybe some preferences or idols that I had that I see as more unifying than the gospel. And yet for our church, I think this is, I'm so thankful for how we've handled this and it's maybe extra hard and an awesome opportunity because what unites us is really the gospel. Mm. And so maybe it'd be easier in a church or harder if 85% had the same opinion about certain Mm -hmm. things. We don't, we have a cross spectrum. If you were going to analyze our church, which I think is awesome and honestly beautiful and how it should be. And so let's lean into that. Even if it means some of these harder conversations, I think this is like a huge opportunity for each Mm -hmm. of us individually and as a, a a local church. So anyway, just kind of bouncing all this stuff around. Yeah. And I, I think it's worth noting too, What's hard about all this is that it's it has become such a political issue mm-hmm. from day one mm-hmm. uh, when you had two different parties kind of put their claim on what the perspective is going to be when it comes to this. Yep. And so I've really tried to fight um, to understand and see not only in my own life, but as in our people's lives as a pastor that our the circumstances we walk through often are revealing of our hearts. And so there's changes that need to be made in our hearts. Uh, There's sanctification that needs to happen in each one of us. Mm -hmm. And sanctification doesn't happen overnight. And so for many of us, as I've interacted with different people, and this is not a blanket statement for everybody, that's for sure. But in some people's lives, I do think when it comes to masks, especially, it's almost like this symbol uh, within the struggle of it, of learning how to distinguish between my faith and my political values and uh, viewpoints. Yeah. And so maybe a difficulty and a struggle to even having a, some conscious issues over wearing a mask, um, I've at least tried to be open to the fact that it, it could be, mm-hmm. I want to be patient with people like that, especially mm-hmm. because it could be that this is just a symbol of, of this painful untethering of my faith in my politics, because as Christians, we are part of a different kingdom. We're citizens of a new kingdom and we should engage well in our society. We should care about politics and what's happening and, um, try to be good citizens and all that. But at the same time, that's my hope is not in my political party prospering. Amen. And so in a sense, I think what we're going through right now in at least some people's lives is a painful untethering of their faith and their politics. Mm -hmm. And if masks has become a political issue, um, then uh, that 
process in the representation of wear it or not wear it is probably um, a bit of a sanctification process. Yeah. Potentially. That's now, true. I in see my all heart. that and I'm I understand that there's probably maybe someone listening to this that thinks he's talking about that person or he's talking about me or, and I'm, I really am not like trying to isolate it to one group because mm-hmm. I think it, it gets on both sides of the spectrum, yep. you know? Uh, cause I've been told this is what it means to be a loving Christian. Um, uh, then, and if that's come from a political worldview uh, standpoint, um, I just think it's, it's pretty tricky, um, yeah. to just isolate it to one particular person. Yeah. Yeah. What would you say? in terms of uh, encouraging us as a church, what are some core scripture passages that have informed our position that do inform and you just encourage people, hey, you know, think about masks in terms mm-hmm. of these scriptures, like what, what comes to mind for you? Uh, yeah, maybe I could, uh, one on a personal level, maybe mm-hmm. that's been guiding me and then one on a um, corporate level, but on the personal level, I really do think Romans 12 has been really helpful mm-hmm. because it's basically taking, um, you know, chapters one through 11 are basically laying out for us, our new identity in Christ, the gospel message, what that means for all people. And there's a lot of even conversation around unity with that. Uh, but then you get down to verses nine and following. And even in my ESV Bible, it even has the heading, which is not inspired, but it's at least the heading. It says marks of the true Christian, yeah. right? So, um, and it talks about love and all these different things. The one that I zero in on though, that's been helpful to me is verse 18. It says, if possible, so far as it depends on you, live peaceably with all. Mm-hmm. And so at the end of the day, that's telling me that regardless of maybe my rights, my, that I perceive that I've been given or have, um, my preferences, my convictions, my opinions, um, if it's possible that I could lay those down and not be sinning against God, obviously, um, and, and it would contribute to peace in a relationship or a community, then um, that's a good thing. Yeah. And this whole paragraph even there um, talks about uh, living in harmony with one another, not being proud, associating with the lowly. So there's the uh, character of humility, not being conceited, responding to evil with good, um, not avenging for myself, but realizing that there is a day of accounting um, that I leave that up to God. Um, you know, and then if your enemy's hungry, feed him, thirsty, give him something to drink. Uh, and so by doing, you'll heap burning coals on his head. And I used to think when I was younger that that meant like you give them water when they're thirsty and you're like, take that, (laughs) right? I'm going to burn you, you know, and it's, it's not that it's the image of kind of like, it's shocking. Mm. This is my enemy. This is a person that is perceived to be against me. They were just evil towards me. And I respond with good. People don't know what to do with that. So it's kind of like, whoa, what? Like, why would you do that? And uh, so it's kind of like an awakening sort of um, image there. Do not be overcome by evil, but overcome evil with good. So at the end of the day, what I'm trying to say is what should govern us, the questions we should be asking is, who am I? Am I bearing the fruit of the Spirit? Does my life, you know, example in in many ways go, that's a lot like Christ. Mm. The way you're dying to yourself the way you're seeking to live peaceably with all as much depends on you. Mm-hmm. That should govern us. Our Like who we know God's called us to be is, a, is such a clarifying thing. Amen. Especially when my opinions and what I want to see happening in the public square is not going the way I want it to. It does not 
act as an excuse for me then to act in a different way. Hmm. Like it's, it's so clarifying. That's been helpful for me. Oh, amen. What, what verses come to mind for you? Oh man. Well, I mean, I'm just going to say it cause they're critical and important. So first Peter two, 13 and 14 in terms of authorities and obedience. Um, I'm not going to read it for us, but encourage you to read first Peter two, 13 through 14. And again, remember the context that Peter's writing in Romans 13 and 14 obedience, submission to authorities. And I love just the flow you've just shared from Romans 12 then Romans 13 and then 14, just how the gospel is to apply in God's people in our day-to-day lives. And again, think about the context this was written. Think about all the Christians that have lived throughout history, trying to live faithfully into Romans 12, 13 and 14 after the glories of the gospel in the first part of Romans. So those have been instructive. Uh, and then two, particularly for me, I shared this with you, I think earlier today. So, uh, Matthew 17 verses 24 through 27, Jesus and Peter are talking and Peter's like, Hey, do I have to pay taxes, etc." And then just to summarize it, um, Jesus says, you know, he's free at one sense because he serves the King, the true King Jesus. But in another sense, Jesus says to pay his taxes, quote, not to give offense to them. So meaning them, like the authorities, the culture. Hmm. So I'm not saying that's a one for one with masks, but I am at least in my own heart, God's using that to convict and encourage me. I don't want to live in a way that brings an offense to the gospel. Now the Mm. gospel is offensive. It's in its very nature. God's clear. And in another sense though, how I live adorns the gospel. Like I don't want to cause any other offense than the gospel itself. Mm. So that has been convicting and helpful for me. So that's Matthew 17 verses 24 through 27. And then just John 13 and 17 and how we're to live as Christians with one another, how it points to, do we really believe who God is or not? And the gospel, the unity of God's people in the small C and big C church matters. It mm. matters. And I guess that's where this, yeah, I'm fatigued by mass. I, know, I think we're all being honest. We are, but that's where it becomes um, so important you know, for eternity in how we handle this situation and how it impacts us for unity or not just Mm -hmm. continues to, uh, encourage, inspire, and convict me all in the same. Yeah. So, yeah. Yeah. And as pastors, we've really tried to keep that, uh, emphasis. I mean, the, the new Testament beginning with the high priestly prayer, maybe as the, the peak, um, of John 17, I mean, that is so, such a concern yes. of Christ for his church, yes. of the New Testament church in the teaching is unity is of the utmost importance. I mean, Paul lays out in first Corinthians uh, beginning just the foolishness of division because we've all experienced, like Ephesians says, mm-hmm. this objective union with Christ, this oneness in Christ. So whether I want to believe it or not, if I'm a Christian, I am one with other Christians because I'm one with Christ. So there's a theological flag in the ground. This is true. Now, because of our sinfulness, it's a struggle, but we are called to live into that, right? Mm -hmm. There's a communion aspect of it now. So there's a union aspect, a communion aspect, and um, we we have to be on guard against that. And at the end of the day, if a mask is going to be the thing that causes disunity, um, I, I think that's a bit of a shame on us. 
um, because there's a lot more severe issues um, that could come along that would be better reasons to divide or would be better, uh, more severe reasons why we would experience disunity. Yeah. And so, um, uh, so, so I, I think I mean, we we um, we had met with uh, Randy and um, talked to him uh, a little while back. Randy, and he, who who do you call Randy? What's your title for him? Randy, Elkhorn. Randy Elkhorn is. <laughs> I call him the Bishop of East County. Yes, but yeah. so true. Um, but he uh, just came out, and we should put this in the show notes. But the, yeah. um, he just had on Desiring God published an article. I think it's called "The Pandemic of Disunity," and. Um, I just think it's so helpful because he even takes John 17 and kind of shows how Jesus talks about how um, our unity is uh, even proof of the gospel. The gospel is true. Mm -hmm. He says, may they be one so that the world would believe that you have sent me. So through our unity, the world is watching and is even a uh, proof of of a sort that God has sent the son into the world. And uh, he has a line in there. Um, that he just says, you know, it's just so important how we function with each other. And he says, we will not ultimately answer to each other, but we will answer to God concerning each other. Mm-hmm. At the end of the day, like how I treat you, the way that I love you, which I think right now, a way that we would love each other well is by trying to think through how can I die to myself? Yeah. How can I think more charitably about you? Um, how can I pursue you and try to understand where you're coming from? Like those kinds of things in a world of division and in a world where people only talk in their silos is such a witness. Amen. Um, And if that can happen in the church where we actually have the power to do that, we have categories, profound categories of forgiveness and grace and humility. And we we have all the resources to even live that out in the spirit. uh, it's it's such a critical thing. So, Amen. Well said. Um, I, I know that people probably are like, we just want to talk about masks. We're talking about unity, but it's like that's the mask is contributing yeah. to the disunity that we see in some people's lives. Not everybody, but some people's. Yeah, 100%. Uh, Randy Alcorn's article, can't recommend it highly enough. Um, please, after you listen to this, go read it. Talk about it in your community groups and Bible studies Sunday at church. Man, it is um, spot on. Super something helpful. to reflect on. Yeah. 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 So Josh, um, I know we've been talking about this for a while, but maybe as we kind of move this episode or conversation to a close, what are some questions you'd be encouraging us to consider, whether that be individually or corporately as a church? Just what are some questions you'd want to leave us with about masks, right? Yeah. I can give one that you give one, yeah, yeah. but, uh, um, I can give another one, but, um, maybe the question I would ask is kind of look for where your knuckles are white. Hmm. You know, as you can, as you look at your heart, where are your knuckles white? Like, what are you clinging on to? Um, for right or wrong could be a good thing. And I think it's important for us to try to assess whether it's our own relationship with God, but even if we go to other brothers and sisters in Christ and say, Hey, has this become an idol for me? Hmm. Has, safety become an idol for me. Like I like that, that I, I'm even afraid that I'll ever get sick. You know I mean? Like, like safety has become a huge idol, I think in many people's lives or is the white knuckle, um, uh, my, my liberty that I, I cannot, I will not be told to do anything that in my own individual sense, I don't think I should do. Hmm. Um, 
has my liberty um, become uh, a an idol for me, you know? And because uh, the Bible has a lot to say about our liberty and laying our liberty down. Um, and it has a lot to say about um, just idols as a whole. And so for me, I'd, I would maybe be asking all of us and because I'm asking it myself, like, okay, what am I white knuckle gripping? Yeah. And is Jesus basically saying, hey, like, you know, to stop caring about that. It doesn't mean that's not important, but is that, is that your new God? Wow. You know, so I think we need to be assessing mm. our, um, who we're worshiping in some Amen. sense. Um, I think that would be really helpful for us, mm. but Amen. what questions come to your mind? Yeah. I mean, there's so many, and to your point, thank you for saying it. These are questions that I ask myself and look in the mirror, right? So for us individually and corporately to think about is basically whatever decision I make and then land that or apply that in masks, what kind of person am I becoming? What kind of church are we becoming based on my decision? And an aspect of that, I don't mean in an individualistic sense, but my decision impacts the body. We're members of one another. So what is the church? What's my place in the church? My decisions shape what kind of person I'm becoming mm. and it impacts what type of person other people are becoming. That's so like, good. I just think that we should reflect. That's not again, a one for one with masks, but our decisions have consequences and shaping us into a particular type of people, uh, I guess is where my mind has been lately. How about you? What's another question you'd encourage us with? Yeah, I think, um, One is maybe just trying to navigate uh, my understanding of where are these decisions made Hmm. that are coming down to us. And is my individual response to it, like on masks, like if I don't like the mandate on masks, for example, uh, where is this decision made and how can we then appropriately live today knowing that, knowing how those decisions are changed, Hmm. right? So um, if I believe in the sovereignty of God, the providence of God, he sets up governments, we have a government here in Oregon and um, I need to live into that, right? Trust God for that and know when things are actually sinful and when things are just not what I think should happen. And um, the decisions are not gonna be changed, um, I think, by just how I'm functioning myself, but mm. we have, um, there's public squares, there's forums, there's elections, there's things that happen yep. that then make those changes. And so I think uh, sometimes we, we, we want to have the power we don't have. And so we take the little power that we do and we think it's actually doing something and it's not actually accomplishing anything. It's just making me more miserable and it's contributing to a disunity mm-hmm. with other people mm-hmm. um, or hardship for others. Yep. Um, I might be too direct, but at the same time, um, no. I think just trying to think through how, how were decisions made in our society and then how can I give my effort towards seeing those changes happen in the appropriate ways, mm-hmm. um, then in ways that actually I'm powerless to make those. And it's actually making me more bitter or upset, yeah. um, which is getting back to your character thing. Yeah. And then I think the other thing too is, um, uh, that I've thought a lot about is I think it's really helpful for us to ask what good is this doing in my life? And I don't mean that sarcastically, mm-hmm. like what good is this doing? You know, <laughs> yeah. I mean, genuinely going before God and saying what good God, are you accomplishing in my life through this? Mm. I really believe God works all things together for good for those who love him. And the primary goal of God's life is to make me more like Christ. 
then I can, I think I said this on a different episode based upon a book I had read, Enjoying God by Tim Chester. Yeah, yeah. He says, take any moment of suffering, any moment of unmet desire, uh, unwanted things and go, God, how could the, thank you for this. Help this make me more like you, Jesus. Wow. Right. And so what good is this doing in my life? Um, what could God be doing in our hearts that if I am not willing to wait, if I'm not willing to um, endure, I would miss out on that, those hmm. things. Hmm. Man. What do you think? Any thoughts? Uh, I mean, yeah, I, I just love this conversation. It's encouraging and you sharpening. Love this conversation. And I do. I love these questions, <laughs> focusing us more on God rather than just the, ah, this you're or this, right? right? People, if you have questions about, I'm just kidding. Yeah, yeah on this episode, it's going to be Josh at GreshamBible.org. Uh, <laughs> yeah, that's right. That's good. No, I mean, all of these questions are good. I, I guess just your encouragement to me uh, has been to think about things in view of eternity, right? So I think yeah. you've said it. I'm going to butcher your words, so forgive me. But if you were you know, on the precipice of eternity and looking back, hmm. what would you want to be about right now? Yeah. And so I want to be about Jesus, his church, mm-hmm. people coming to know Jesus. And so if there's things that are getting in the way of that, if I'm pulling away from people, if I'm seeing people as the other, uh, non-Christians, let alone Christians in the church for Randy's, um, article about how John 17 is the the final apologetic, right? Uh, that adorns the gospel in our culture, then this is important stuff. So yeah. And I guess the last question I would, I would have that I'm reflecting on is how am I talking about this and how is that impacting my family? Mm-hmm. So, um, Apple doesn't fall too far from the tree. So however, we as families of our church family are talking about this. Those of us with kids still under our roof, you're discipling your kids into this one way or the other. Mm -hmm. And uh, that has eternal consequences, like next generation consequences, then how they'll lead their family. So I think this is a gospel opportunity, not trying to sound cheesy, but it really truly is. Yeah. So, yeah. Yeah. And I think in the day, I think as pastors, we just want to encourage people um, to like when you're, if you're struggling, right. Mm -hmm. If you're, um, just like, I need help processing this. Or, I mean, like we've joked about how we're fatigued by it, but at the same time, like we, we love the people of our church. We we want to shepherd them where they are. And so, um, that's why this podcast even exists because we want to have conversations around things that people are, you know, on the ground where they're living, how they're trying to think through it and realizing we can't answer all those questions and the itch won't always be scratched, you know, Mm -hmm. but at the same time, we want people to talk to us. That's one encouragement. The second one is we just really want people to value gathering together. Mm -hmm. And, um, at the end of the day, um, we're pretty far now into this thing and we meet in mountain view. That's huge. We have a lot of space. They've upgraded their air filters, you know, whatever. I don't even understand it. Uh, Tom was telling us the other day and I was like, I don't even know the word you're saying. Um, but, uh, we just, we, we're in a, a really, uh, safe place, you know, and I'm saying that trying to just make sure we're not making safety an idol, but at the same time, we want to yeah. make Mountain View a warm place for any and all to come. And mm-hmm. so we've, you know, in part making the decisions we've made as an elder team is because we're just trying to say, what can we do as a church that would allow for the most people to come? Amen. Right. And so that's what we're trying to do. So we want people on every end of the spectrum to come. Yes. We're asking people to wear masks and uh, we want people who are really cautious to come Mm -hmm. and to think the best of other Christians. Mm -hmm. If people are like, I just can't wear a mask for X, Y, and Z reason, uh, we want you to come. 
right? We're, we're not going to make this an issue of fellowship. Yep. And we've said that uh, from the beginning. And, um, I don't think we're speaking out of both sides of our mouth when we say that, especially when people begin to see how we are saying this, but we, this isn't the primary thing. The primary thing, uh, is, is our unity is that we gather and it's really hard to be unified if we refuse, um, to be together with other people. Yes. Well said. Um, so at the end of the day, we're just asking people to gather, um, to be respectful of one another, to think the best of each other. And at the end of the day, as God leads us through this, uh, we're going to reach a point. Um, uh, I don't think I'm an optimist. I think I'm a realist where it's not going to, it's not going to be an issue anymore. Mm-hmm. And when that barrier, that issue is removed, I just hope that we aren't embarrassed by the way that we lived. I hope mm-hmm. that we would say, I, I've fought to love hard during that time. And I hope that we come out the other side and our dream as a church is to come out the other side and go, we had people from every in the spectrum and we stay together. Yes. Amen. Because what a testimony in a world that's drawing smaller circles around these issues. Yes. So. Oh, thank you. Yeah. Yeah. Um, there's so much more that could be said, but I think yeah. that's a good note to close on. So thanks for joining us on Life Together. And if you have questions, do please send them to me at mike at greshambible.org or comments or, hey, can I get together and talk with you about this? What about this? Yes, please. So reach out on that. And until next week, thanks, Gresham Bible Church. 